all that we need. And uh, that may uh, seem like that puts you in a position of, of weakness, uh, that uh, you have nothing of yourself and you're looking totally to somebody else. But, you know, if you, if you are created uh, by the great power source and you have access to, in a, in a relationship with, with the, 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 uh, the greatest power source that, the, that there is, uh, then it makes total sense, it makes total sense uh, to, uh, to, to, to abide in Him, uh, to let His power uh, course through you in your, in your life so you can have a fruitful life. He made you, He designed you, and He wants to, uh, to give you uh, what you need, uh, everything that you need uh, to be successful in this one shot that you get at life and, uh, um, on this, on this uh, planet. And so... Um, we do, uh, we do uh, enjoy having songs that, that, have, that have truth to them, that have some depth to them, and, and they have a clear message, uh, such as that one uh, day that we just sang. Okay, let's go in our Bibles to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. And uh, <laughs> I have this uh, silly iPad that I use for notes now. I don't shuffle around papers anymore, but you know, Sometimes old school is better. My iPad is trying to do an update right now. <laughs> All right, well, thankfully, this is always updated right here. So Luke chapter 2, when my, when my gizmo is done updating, I might be able to access my notes too. Uh, Luke chapter 2. And, uh, you know, we, we, are, we, are, we are a church that celebrates... Uh, the fact that Jesus was born. And, uh, you know, whatever, whatever name I guess you want to give to that, what we're celebrating is really the, the gospel plan. Um, and, uh, and some say, well, you know, uh, we, should, we should be celebrating the resurrection and not the birth. Well, it would have been kind of hard to have a resurrection if Jesus hadn't been born and lived and died and then resurrected. Um, it was all, it's all part of the same plan. You know, it, God sees the whole, the whole thing. He sees it all, the, the, the whole the part and parcel. Uh, we tend to compartmentalize and to, you know, to quibble about this and that and details. And, you know, the, the fact that Jesus was born is a wonderful, wonderful part of the plan that God put forth and executed uh, uh, in, in great detail um, for, for His glory and, uh, and for our benefit. And it is biblical, it is biblical to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, look at verse 10 here, in Luke chapter uh, 2, verse 10. It says, The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, in other words, he's saying here, pay attention to what I'm going to say right now. I'm going to give you some, some, very, some very important uh, details right at this moment. And uh, he, gave them just, he gave these details, an angel who is not what we would consider a common within you know, this physical realm, uh, gave some, some vital truths to some common people, to some hardworking individuals out there at the workplace. Uh, they gave them some, some information that they were going to take to heart, as we see after this, they were going to take to heart and it was going to transform their lives. And this was the information that the angel gave here. It says, Behold, I bring you good tithings. Now, I said that wrong again. I think it's tidings. I think it's tidings. I mean, good tithings are good too, right? Tithings is like 10%, you know. We 
you give to the Lord, and we don't discourage that, uh, but, but uh, we don't appreciate good tithings, but it is tidings, right? And, and tidings means good what? Good news. And what should we celebrate if we're not going to celebrate good news? We could use good news, couldn't we? I mean, is there like this overwhelming influx of good news in the world around us today? doesn't seem like it to me. And so if we have some good news from God that is in the context of something he deems as being very important, then I want to see what that is. And that's something to be celebrated. And not only that, but he says here, uh, good, uh, he says good, good tidings of great joy, of great joy. And so he's saying, behold, I want, you, I want you to think about this. I want you to see this. What's happening right now is something that is great news, and it is something that is going to be the source of great joy for you. Now, if we can't celebrate that which is joyful, what can we celebrate? I mean, look, it's one thing for the devil to steal your joy, but don't let other Christians steal your joy. Right? If we have some things biblically to celebrate, let's celebrate them. I would say as a Christian, err, and we're not erring, but err, figure of speech, err on the side of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The Bible talks about the joy of our salvation. And this is all about the Savior here. He's going to be mentioned specifically in, in, in the context. And so it's the joy of the Savior. It is the joy of our salvation that is being celebrated here. That's what we're celebrating. No, we're, not, we're not celebrating, you know, all the shopping, even though we do give, and, it is, it, it, and giving is a wonderful thing, and it does represent the greatest gift of all if we're looking at it that way. We're not, we're not celebrating, you know, commercial aspects. We're not celebrating you know, uh, the red-nosed reindeer or whatever other thing you might have a little fun with. We know that. Hey, come over to Canaan. They got blow-ups of every, everything you'd ever want to, you know, see about Christmas over there. We are on the map now. That place started, I think it had three blow-ups the first year. And now, like, you know, they got Snoopy on the airplane, and they got the reindeer, and they got, they got it all over there um, in the town of Canaan, okay? That's my town. Um, but anyways, you know, we, we understand that, you know, all that stuff is just, it's just you know, it, it could be fun, it could not, whatever. But we celebrate the joy of the Lord. We celebrate the joy of our salvation. The angel said, this is good news. This is joyful news. And, uh, and, and he said, and it says here, um, which shall be to all people. Maybe that's the thing to be celebrated the most. Um, and, uh, um, okay, this thing finished updating, and now it has me on last week's message. So let me get to this week. <laughs> You're probably thinking, I, I could only hear that one once anyway. So, All right, and so we have here, um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a monumental proclamation that the angel makes. And it does say here, it says, um, uh, it says in verse 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. That's interesting right there. Let's not a word of prayer. Let's talk about this proclamation. Let's talk about the angel um, of the Lord. And let's talk about why we celebrate what we celebrate uh, this time of year. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for, for your word. And I thank you for um, this message that you've given us here. I thank you for 
uh, Christians who want to hear from your word. I pray uh, for those of us that are, that are, that are searching out truth and, and looking uh, to see more of your heart, Lord, that you would open it up to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go back uh, just for the sake of context. I know these are familiar passages, and, and maybe they're not. Uh, you know what? Sometimes the things we hear the most, we don't process uh, very thoroughly. So let's go back to the beginning of the chapter. It says, And it came to pass in those days, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. God was working uh, through this, this, uh, this edict. It seemed like Caesar was in charge, but God was really um, superintending it all. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. So you had these rulers that, were, that seemed like they were in charge, but God was ruling and putting forth his plan for the ages. And all went down to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went out from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto uh, Judea, which, uh, uh, unto the city of David, which is uh, called Bethlehem. And we know the prophet Micah, um, he, he forecasted, he prophesied that Jesus was going to be born here. And it's interesting how this all came together to lead, you know, uh, his mother to that place for that time. And, uh, and, and, and as, the, as the scripture said, and it was uh, the, the city of, of David and the lineage of David which, uh, uh, in which Jesus was to come. And then in verse number five, it says, To be taxed with Mary, uh, uh, his espoused wife, being great with child, uh, Joseph and Mary there. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. So she did have uh, this, uh, this boy, a child, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn and born in these very, in the, these, uh, very humble uh, surroundings. Uh, Jesus condescending himself as God to come as a human being um, in, in, uh, in this setting. And it says in verse 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. So they were doing what shepherds do, working there at night, keeping a watch over the sheep. And lo, it says, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them. And so we have here what I'm calling a monumental proclamation by what is called the angel of the Lord. Now that's an interesting thing if you want to study, to study the angel of the Lord in Scripture. Uh, it, it, it is a very interesting character uh, study. The angel of the Lord, many times in the context, um, as you find him in the scripture, speaks as God, identifies himself with God, and exercises the responsibility of God. If you look at uh, when the angel of the Lord came to Hagar, for example, you can, you can uh, search that out and, and see that um, instance, and also uh, to, to Moses, you know, the angel of the Lord spoke in terms that you would think, you know, that would only be God that would speak that way. And, uh, and, and, and it, it is an interesting thing because sometimes it's almost like the angel of the Lord is referring to God. Sometimes he's referring as God. And sometimes he's doing things that only God would do. Um, and so, well, who was the angel of the Lord? Well, it is a bit of a mystery. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this that we can tell for sure. Well, we can tell for sure as the angel of the Lord represented 100% the mind, the will, the message of the Lord. The mind, the will, the message um, of the Lord. And here the angel of the Lord comes upon them, and it does say this, the glory of the Lord shines round, uh, round about them. There's some that, that, that believe that the angel of the Lord is, is always an, it's an appearance of the Lord. It's a visible appearance of the Lord. And, uh, well... Um, they look at things like this. When this angel of the Lord, as it's mentioned here, was there, 
what do you see? The glory of the Lord shining. So either the glory of the Lord was being transferred through this messenger or the glory of the Lord was there in the form of, of, of that messenger. Um, and like I say, it's an interesting study that I don't know if it has 100% uh, 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 conclu uh, conclusiveness to it, uh, but we can tell what we can tell here, that God's presence was all over this. His glory was, 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 was uh, permeating uh, this atmosphere. And the proclamation is really of the Savior being born. Look at verse, uh, verse 11. It says, for unto you is born, what's it say? This day. You say, well, we know that. We know what that day was. That was December 25th, right? Well, we don't know that, okay? We don't know. That's like, like a traditional thing. Uh, that's a traditional thing. And uh, we don't know exactly when it was. We're not given the time. It probably wasn't, they, they say, because of certain things they can line up with. It, it probably wasn't. And, and, but, you know, it, it's a time that traditionally we can, we can celebrate. It. And the point is that it should be celebrated. That's the point. And it is biblical to, to celebrate it. And it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, what? A Savior. A Savior. And that Savior was Christ the Lord. And, uh, and so we see from verse uh, 10 here three aspects, as we've already mentioned. The first thing that, that, that can be celebrated in this monumental proclamation is the great news. The great news. And uh, another reason we know this was big is because back in, in the previous chapter, Gabriel was a part of it. Gabriel talked to Zacharias, and Zacharias was the father of the forerunner to Jesus, John the Baptist, all right? And, uh, and Gabriel, we know, is, is one of the top angels, Gabriel, uh, Michael, and, uh, and, and so you can see that from uh, chapter 1, verse 19. But this is big news. This is great news. And uh, it is wonderful, wonderful news. A very common uh, term that we use in, in, in biblical uh, circles is the gospel. And the reason why we use the term gospel is because that means good news. And really what is being talked about here is the gospel plan. The gospel in the form of Jesus being born on earth. The good news that is speaking of here that is going to potentially bring joy. It's going to bring joy. Now people are searching for joy. And, uh, and, and, and they're looking for joy a lot of times in all the wrong places, right? They don't realize that Jesus is the source of joy. You say, well, how can that be? We can't even see him. Well, you know, when you, when you, when you get a personal relationship with Jesus, by grace through faith, and you get to know him through his word, you get to know him as the living word, you see his heart, you see his character? You see his love stretched out towards you while you were yet a sinner? You see all those things about Jesus that are to be admired and to be received and to be enjoyed. You will understand about Jesus being the source of joy. You know, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't make anybody have Jesus as the source of joy. But I can portray that to others. I can have them see that it's true for me. I can, I can live in the reality of that so that people who might not understand that yet, at least they're not going to see a grumpy Christian. right? They're going to see a joyful Christian <laughs> because, because we believe this and we take this to heart and it doesn't matter what kind of uh, circumstances try to compete with that. They can't. No circumstances can compete with the circumstances of Jesus coming, manifesting himself to us, and being the source of great joy, 
that the Bible uh, initiates here. And uh, we sing joy to the world. Why do we sing that? Because if there's anything that we would desire as Christians above all else is to give glory to God by seeing others come to that joy as well. By seeing a world that desperately needs purpose and meaning, and yes, joy. And they're trying to find joy by their own means. And maybe even, let's turn this earth into a place that just could be joyful forever. Maybe we could pull that off somehow. Well, the Bible says that's not going to happen. You know, things in this world, the Bible says, and I know this, this, is, this is bad news right here, okay? But sometimes you've got to see the bad news if you're going to appreciate the good news. The Bible says that things on this earth, they're going to wax worse and worse. People are going to become more and more evil. We're not going to become better, more loving, uh, kinder, and everybody getting along wonderfully more and more. It's just not going to happen. Why? Because we've got a problem. We have a problem called sin. <laughs> and that's not going to be eradicated by, by fancy programs, uh, bigger government, people, you know, uh, endeavoring and making new resolutions about it, people forcing their opinions on others. It's not going to happen. The only way it's going to happen is by the source of joy being recognized. The one who can take care of that problem that keeps us from, from, uh, from joy in, in this earth. They can take care of our sin problem. The Savior that it talks about here. Christ the Lord, the Anointed One. Yahweh Himself who came so He could be Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. What a story. What a story. What a plan. And uh, so that's good news to be celebrated. It's, it's, a, it's a joyous uh, thing uh, to be celebrated. And, uh, and then it's, it's, it says there, it says there, this is, this is great. It says, which shall be, what? To all people. You say, well, I thought, you know, you know, Christianity, I mean, isn't that like an American thing? Well, this didn't happen in America. Okay? These weren't um, American shepherds out there, you know, uh, that uh, kind of just grew up in this, in this kind of this, this cultural thing here that we have in America. We kind of call ourselves a Christian nation, at least for a while, and uh, that's just kind of the part of our tradition here. Had nothing to do with it. The United States wasn't even, you know, for, you know it, was, it wasn't even thought of at that time. The only reason why we have Christianity here is because it's joy to the world. <laughs> Someone brought that joy to, 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 to the United States. All right? The, the, and, and we're trying to spread that joy, you know, through the world, you know, starting with this pulpit to, to, uh, to regions beyond that we can't go. And it says here, to all people. It says to all people, that's a wonderful truth. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's not talking about, uh, because the followers of Jesus, for a while, they thought, you know, the joy that we're going to have is we're under this oppressive, tyrannical rulership. And so we're going to have great joy when Jesus leads us to overthrow this lousy government we're under. Well, was that, would that be a joyous thing for the Romans at that point, if Jesus did that? Could he have done that? Yeah, he could have blasted them all. He could have led to this glorious deliverance right then, right? Yeah, man, we came, we conquered the Romans, we're free. Well, for how long? Until the next guy comes along and conquers you, <laughs> right? Until the next war, until the next war and rumors of war, which are only going to increase, the Bible says, as the time approaches, all right? 
It's not going to become utopia here. Those wars and rumors of wars are just going to, they're going to become more prevalent. And, uh, and so this wasn't like a political thing. This wasn't Jesus saying, uh, the, the angel saying, hey, your deliverer is coming now, and he's going to get you out of these, these temporary oppressors. The joy was something much greater than that. He was going to get them out of the great oppressor himself. The oppressor who tries to pull the strings of all other oppressors, right? Uh, sometimes you, 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 you look at these governments and you think, man, it's almost like they're, they're, someone's pulling strings. They're like puppets. Well, I'll tell you who's pulling the strings ultimately, the great oppressor himself, who at every turn tried to undermine God, God's plan. You, you want to see an example of that? After Jesus was born, um, the devil tried to, to, to use Herod to kill all the babies, including Jesus. All right? By the way, the devil's still using people to kill babies today. But anyways, so this wasn't a political thing. This was something greater than that. And uh, do we, do we, do we uh, look, hey, I'm a, I'm a freedom-loving American, and, and uh, I do stand for those things, and I enjoy the freedom that we have to meet here this morning. I do love having a country in which we've been able to proclaim the gospel, raise our families for the Lord. Oh, I enjoy and I, I appreciate all those things. But I'm happy that ultimately we're part of something much bigger than that. And uh, it's something that's for all people. For all people. One day, the Bible says, people from every country, every part of the world, every language group, they're all going to be gathered together. Why? Because they're going to have realized a common joy that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And uh, at that part, I mean, you know, people, want, they, want to find, they want to find the solution, for example, to, um, to what we call racism and injustice and, and those things, which, you know, those things do exist. They're always going to exist here. You're not going to be able to eradicate that as long as there's sin in this world. You know the thing that takes care of that is common joy in the Lord. Look, you know, when the Lord allows me to go to other places, you know, on, on what we call mission trips and so on, or even here, meeting people. Uh, look, as Christians, we don't see, we, we, see, we see human beings. We see people that we would, would desire to have the joy of the Lord. Why? Because that's what the angel said. This is good news. This can be the source of great joy, what? For all people. Doesn't matter where they come from, what they look like you know, what their occupation is, what they've been into, for all people. Not for a select few. Not an arbitrary, you know, yeah, this one, yeah, eh, this one, no. No, it says here that the good news and the joy was meant to be, what? For all people. That's what the Bible says. Look, when you just take, when you take the simple statements of Scripture, it really helps a lot with things that we might wrestle over a little more, you know, sometimes if we get... We get turned around and, 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 and spinning in circles on, on things that are really quite simple. That, look, focus on the fact that the gospel is to be celebrated and God's plan is going forward here. And so we had this monumental pro proclamation, and then we have a multitude of praise. Look at verse 13. Why do we celebrate? Well, it sure seemed like uh, the people who had a front row seat to this point were pretty excited. Look at verse 13. It says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. Maybe the, maybe the angel of the Lord, maybe he's the Lord of hosts. I don't know, but it does say here that there, there's a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And uh, so they're celebrating. They're saying, man, this is happening. That which was forecasted by the prophets, pointed to by the Old Testament, um, pictured with all the sacrifices and the minutiae of the law, everything that was pointed to uh, and, and pictured, all this time and prophesied is coming to pass. The center uh, point of man's uh, history was happening. And those that, that had the, this, this seed, you know, this inside scoop on it, at this point, they knew. And they were celebrating. They were proclaiming. And they were, they were, they were putting out there that which soon, you know, would, would, would be the catalyst for, for men to be celebrating and to have purpose about uh, from that point on. And really had, as they looked forward to that, uh, even before this. And so glory to God in the highest. This celebration, um, uh, as the angels knew, it was an occasion to be celebrated. By the way, the angels continue to celebrate in that same spirit to this day. Luke chapter 15, verse 10 say, says that there, there, is, there is joy in the presence of the angel every time a person comes to know the Lord. You know why? Because it's the same thing they're celebrating here. They're celebrating the gospel plan. They're celebrating the fact that Jesus was being born here. This is going to mean peace to the world. Not the peace that, 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 we're, that we're looking for that's going to be like a flash in the pan. You know, there's going to be a counterfeit Savior one day. He's going to manage to bring about peace, the Bible says, for, for, for three and a half years. Three and a half years. Wow. That's the most, like, the most intricate of devilish human plans can come up with as a, as a great three and a half years. Three and a half years. <laughs> this plan that we're seeing here was going to bring peace for eternity. For eternity. The most men can muster apart from God with the counterfeit agenda, three and a half years. Is that what we want to go with? Is that what we want to build everything towards? No. I'll go with this. I'll go with the Prince of Peace. I'll, I'll go with what the angels, they knew what was worth being celebrated. And, uh, and so they were uh, here at this time. And, and so, um, you know, sometimes the world, uh, they just give us, they try to give us a, a, a spin on things that might give us good news that, uh, just, you know, they call it hopium. You ever heard that expression before? They put out stuff that we just, it's just to kind of keep a morale boost, you know. This and that's going to happen. This will give you a morale boost. This isn't just for a morale boost. This is truth. This is, this is uh, the real thing. Uh, this is the, the true good news. And so, uh, thirdly, we see here a moving amongst the people. We had a monumental proclamation, a multitude of praise, a multitude of praise, and then a moving amongst the people. This was for all people, and so ultimately, uh, God's desire was is for people to take this to heart, individuals to take this to heart. You can see here, and this is important, that the angel refers to all people, but who is he talking to? He's talking specifically to a group there. He's talking to just some individuals who are going to have the opportunity now to act upon that personally. You see that there? It's not just this general, you know... Um, uh, God loves the world. That is true. And he gave 
so that we don't have to perish <laughs> if we believe. But, uh, you know, God doesn't see the world just as this, this, this kind of this fuzzy, nebulous thing. He sees individuals. He sees a group of shepherds. He sees whatever group you're a part of. He sees who you are. He knew each one of those guys. And, uh, and they would have an opportunity to respond. And so there was a moving amongst the people here. We, we pick it up in verse 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. So now, you know, uh, God didn't want them just to sit there in that place. And, and let's, let's build a, a, a holy structure here because the angels came to this place. There was like this special spooky event here. And so we're going to build like this, 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 this special you know, chapel here. And we're always going to come and we're going to worship in this mystical, try to get some, you know, good luck kind of way out of this, this, this place. Now, you think I'm off the rails here, but that happens all the time in the world. Go, go to some, go to some uh, well, like the country we, you know, that my dad used to be a missionary in. Um, you know, they had all kinds of those little structures there that they would put their stuff in and burn this stuff, you know, and this, this thing happened here, and, and this saint, and this, you know, this... Uh, we worship and we try to, you know, we get, our, we, we get some good luck from some good fortune, some blessing. Uh, bless us, bless us, you know. And, and, and people, they, 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 they'll worship a place or an occurrence instead of the one who orchestrated it all. And look, the devil doesn't care what you worship or who you worship as long as it's not God. Worship the angels. That'd be a good idea. These wonderful angels. Now, they were great. They were messengers from God. They were a heavenly host. But it was the glory of the Lord <laughs> that was important there. And it was the message from God that was important. And ultimately, um, he was the one that needed to be responded to. And so it does say there in verse 15, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go. Let's personally respond to this. We were just moved by some truths here. We're personally taking those things to heart and let's act upon them. Let's go down. Let's, uh, uh, the shepherd said, one another, let's now, now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass. Now they didn't say, see the conviction here? They didn't say, let's go see if this came to pass. There was some faith that was involved. There was some conviction they were responding to here. By faith they're saying, you know, that the, the, the God brought me some truth and now I'm going to respond to that truth in faith and believing because he said it. And uh, we're going to go down there and we're going to see what came to pass. We're going to see what came to pass. And so uh, let's go down to Bethlehem, uh, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Now look, if, if God has given you some truth and he's opened that up to you, you know, respond accordingly. Trust his word. Don't question his word. Don't question his integrity. And they came with haste. And they wanted to, to, to act on it right off and found Mary and Joseph. They found it to be true. You know, when you, when you trust God's work and, and word and you, and you act on it and you obey it, you'll find him to be true every time, every time. And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it personally for themselves, what they do? They made known abroad the same. And so they rejoice in God's plan. Um, they, they, they realized God's, God's peace. Um, they, they responded to, God's, to God personally, and then they reacted by proclaiming to others. And really, this is all um, um, stuff that we see there in verse 14. The angel said, 
the multitude of the heavenly host said, glory to God. And so they were experiencing the glory of God here. They were rejoicing in God's plan. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace. And so they were personally realizing God's peace that came from trusting his word and seeing what he was doing. And then they responded to God personally. It says, glory to God in the highest, on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And that means towards individuals, towards individuals. And then they reacted by proclaiming um, to others. Glory to God in the highest, on earth, peace, goodwill to men. And once you get that goodwill for yourself, what do you want to do? You want to pass on that goodwill to others as well, right? It only makes sense. Look, God's way makes sense. It is a way of faith, but it does make sense. Look, who are the best messengers now? Initially, the angels, you know, they kind of were used to, to kind of catapult that all out there. But who are the best messengers now? Well, the ones who have received that goodwill personally to themselves, who now can give testimony of that and pass it on to others. And that's exactly what the shepherds do here. It says, when they had seen it, what did they do? They made known abroad, or in other words, in other places, the saying which was told them concerning this child. They took the truth that was given to them, and they passed it along um, to others. And so there's, a, there's, there's just this wonderful story here, and it's not just a, a, something that we read, kind of like with all the other, um, you know, there's, there's a, um, Dr. Uh, Seuss. Is it Dr. Seuss? Um, and he, he wrote some Christmas things. And, and then, uh, you know, there's other guys that wrote different Christmas traditions and, and carols. And then, and then the, the Bible Christmas story, that's kind of like just one of them. You know, it's just kind of in the mix there somewhere. This is what we're really celebrating. And I know you realize that. But isn't it good to see that in a fresh way? Isn't it good to just say, hey, look, you know, yes, I mean... On Resurrection Sunday, man, we put our heart into, hallelujah, he's risen. But on a day also that maybe we can think especially of Jesus' birth, hey, we have all the reason, you know, scripturally to celebrate that as well. Why? Because it all, it's all together. There's no competition between God's workings, all right? Between the things that God, that God did to put his plan together, it's not like part A is competing against part B. <laughs> it's all to be celebrated together. And, uh, well, we live within, uh, you know, kind of the scope of a calendar and a scope of time. Um, and so we can take some days in particular to, 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 to do that. We don't worship a day. We don't worship a day. But we worship the Lord, and we do celebrate His plan. And uh, so I hope that was an encouragement to you. And uh, I hope that that, it, that also gives meaning, you know, to, to proclaiming what you have. Look, don't ever be apologetic about the gospel message. You have what everybody needs. Not arrogantly, but humbly receiving the good tidings of great joy for yourself, which also could be to all people. To all people. Why do we have this program tonight? Well, we have it so that hopefully we could pass this message along to others as well. You know, we have a story to tell. We have a story to tell. Let's stand together.